The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Welcome one and all to the SB Nation NFL show. Today is Monday, January 30th, 2023, and there is only one game left in this NFL season. It is, of course, the big game as every national radio show, local ones too. We'll be talking about it for the next two weeks. A reminder before we keep going that this show is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. As noted, this is the SB Nation NFL show. This is Monday Football Monday. You can watch us live every single Monday morning on the SB Nation NFL YouTube channel. Uh, like the video, subscribe, et cetera, et cetera. But you can listen to us on any podcast platform that you have. Uh, search for the SB Nation NFL show, subscribe, leave a rating, write a review. Those things are very appreciated. My name is RJ Ochoa from SB Nation's Blog and the Boys, where we have no idea what a Super Bowl is. With me today, uh, somebody who shares that sentiment, no offense, from SB Nation's Pride <laughs> of Detroit is Jeremy Reisman. Jeremy, um, you your initials are so great. They're just in the wrong order. I don't know if I've ever told you that before. Oh, I didn't realize that. I'll, I'll change it next week. Mm, good for you. Uh, yeah, go down to like uh, City Hall or whatever it is and like get the name changed. Uh, yeah. Welcome aboard. Um, it sucks having a team with a silver and blue helmet that just can't find a way uh, to get this far in the playoffs. You know what I mean? I, I didn't realize we were connected in, in all these ways, RJ. Um. <laughs> yeah, um, I thought about this a lot if it isn't obvious. Uh, with us uh, after a night of what I imagine was some ruckus celebrating from SB Nation's Arrowhead Pride, the home of the... I don't know if you can call it Arrowhead Pride at this point, Pete Sweeney. Um, is it Burrowhead Pride? Like, was there any of that going on this past week? Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, acted super tough and mighty after an 0-3 record against Joe Burrow, finally getting a dub on the board. Yeah, well, I mean, for a team that didn't really say much leading into the game, and they beat the team that was saying a lot, I, I think that was fair fair, fair, fair um, for them to, to talk a little bit after getting it done, right? We'll see. We'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> but, but the, the Kansas City Chiefs are headed to their third Super Bowl in four years. Uh, Arrowheadofpride.com, seriously, your, your one-stop shop for everything you're going to need over the course of the next two weeks and perhaps beyond if Patrick Mahomes is able to uh, secure his second world championship in his first five seasons as the full 
halftime starter. The team standing in his way, though, as we obviously know, the Super Bowl now set Super Bowl 57. The Chiefs, the visiting team, the Philadelphia Eagles, the home team. Many people have said and thought that the Eagles were the best team in the NFL all season long, and they proved that yet again, although it was kind of a weird, wonky NFC title game, a little bit of a letdown from a hype standpoint. Here to take us all the way through it, one of my many co-hosts here at SB Nation, it is from SB Nation's Bleeding Green Nation, Brandon Lee Gowden, BLG, welcome. Congratulations. The Philadelphia Eagles are heading to the Super Bowl. Once again, uh, you know, it's it's an exciting time, RJ. You wouldn't know anything about it. Um, I'm not RJ sorry about that, comes in and is super nice, super self-deprecating, just so yeah. we're clear. And, yeah. I, I am sorry about that for you. Um, RJ Ochoa once recently called the Eagles the modern standard of success in the wow. NFL. So there you it go. Was, so just to be clear, that was with regards to the NFC and NFC East. Like it was, it was like a message to Cowboys fans. Um, like I mean, you know, you you host five straight NFC, AFC title games. I mean, you're kind of the standard, if, if we're being honest, as far as the league is concerned. Your words, yeah, and and he, don't forget, he's also an honorary member of the Bills Mafia, which didn't even make it to the. the, the Jeremy, title what game. questions do you have about the Eagles? Let's let's get let's get this party started. Uh, man, uh, I I guess let's start let's start with Jalen Hurts because I feel like. Um, we haven't really seen a lot of Jalen Hurts in, in these first two playoff games. And, and in a lot of ways, it's, we haven't seen a lot of the Eagles, like I think full throttle um, because they haven't really been tested too hard. But I guess going into the Super Bowl, how are you feeling about Jalen Hurts? Is, is he first off, is he fully healthy from that shoulder injury as well? Because I still feel like we haven't really seen him test that. And, and just in general, I guess your confidence level in him going into the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, leading up to this NFC Championship game, Hertz was asked about how he was feeling. He said he has felt better. Uh, so that's not, like, great. <laughs> he, he is 42 days, as of yesterday, removed from when that shoulder injury first happened, so you would think he's getting better with it. Um, but clearly didn't look fully there against the 49ers. Now, obviously, their defense is good, but they were gettable uh, deep down the field, allowing the most 50-plus plays uh, passing in the NFL and just their cornerback talent isn't like shut down. It's not like a shut down cornerback unit. Um, so a little bit surprising. He wasn't able to have more success in that regard. I almost wonder if he was overcompensating a little bit. He's overthrown AJ Brown on deep targets now in back-to-back weeks. Um, he gets another 14 days to rest up that shoulder. So maybe that'll help him. Um, I'm not really concerned about him because he did start out well against the giants in the divisional round. He, he was like seven of seven to open that game or 89 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a perfect passer rating. So it's not like we haven't seen him play at a high level at all in the postseason. Um, I, I do think, though, he needs to be a lot better than he was in the championship game in the Super Bowl because the margin for errors is not going to be as big. I guess what I'm wondering here, and and I'm not trying to make fun of the, the Eagles here because you, you can't pick your schedule, but this has been a, a schedule full of, of rather weak teams. And you even look at the the playoffs with the, the Giants and then the 49ers down to their fourth string quarterback. Any concern that this is the first time in like 10 to 15 weeks that the Eagles may actually be playing a, a good team? I mean, I get where that's coming from. I think it's a little unfair from the standpoint that, I mean, everyone thought the Giants are impressive after beating the Vikings yeah, that's and, going, and upsetting them. And then everyone, the 49ers had what won, had won 12 straight or whatever. Like, you know, these aren't yeah. like, you know, total, like, and also he was earned the right to get a favorable path. They're the one seed. They earned a first round by. <laughs> they earned the right to play the lowest remaining seed in every round. Um, and they're also the first team in NFL history to score 30-plus points while allowing fewer than 10 in back-to-back postseason games. And they're the 
uh, one of the only teams here in NFL history, the fifth team to win the divisional round of the playoffs and the conference championship round by at least 21 points in each game. And each of those four teams uh, before them, there's the 1989 49ers, the 1988 49ers, the 1985 Bears, and the 1979 Steelers. They're all Super Bowl winners. So what they're doing, you know, even if you're going to say they have these favorable opponents, is historic. They're not just like squeaking by these teams. No, they're I smashing them, and 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 that's yeah. That's I think that's a, a fair rebuttal too. It, it's it, they're not only again drawing them, which you're right, they they did earn, but they're smashing them up, which they should be doing in this scenario. I think that's like that's the story, Brandon. I mean, and like it's like you're saying it's fair, but it, it's not like they're squeaking by, right? It's not like you know Brock Purdy's injured and the Eagles win this game like you know twenty to thirteen or something like that. Like it does, you know. You and I were slacking, like not to pull the curtain back too much, but like it didn't even feel like Sunday was like the Eagles' best effort. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they they still like wax the Niners. Like, yeah. I would say the last time I saw this team, you know, flying at all cylinders myself was on Christmas Eve against the Cowboys. Like the team, not including Jalen Hurts. Like ever since then, it feels like there's been like something kind of missing. Um, and so yeah, if you have two weeks, like you have to imagine that 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 kind of sets like th- th- this is the best possible situation. You're in the Super Bowl. You have two weeks to figure it out. I mean. My question, though, is and, and we'll talk to Pete about this when you leave, you're facing like the God of the bye week and the God of like figuring it out over the course of the bye week. Like, is there any concern? Like, is this the team that you wanted to face the least? I guess the Chiefs or like, how do you feel about the matchup as it pertains to the Eagles advantages, disadvantages? Yeah, I mean, I would push back a little bit. I mean, they look good last week in the divisional round. I don't think you can really pick too many bones. My, about the just to say, like, the they Giants. didn't they didn't need to play the whole game. That's all I mean. Like, it didn't require their full strength, full yeah. effort for four quarters because because of how great they were to your point. And then just real quickly, too, on, like, getting lucky, quote-unquote, about quarterbacks, like, getting out of the championship. I mean, the Eagles made their luck in that regard. Like, they hit the other quarterbacks a ton. They lead the league in sacks. Like, they're they're injuring the quarterback. Like, that's part of the game, um, part of what they're really good at. So, you know, again, there's ah, some bounty. level of, like, this well, is dirty. deserved. I mean, they're dirty, doing it, dirty, doing dirty, it legally. They're, I mean, <laughs> these aren't, like, cheap shots. They're, you know, it's legal sacks. But um, uh, And Hassan Reddick has been awesome, by the way. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's – you know, there was no, to me, ideal opponent from a standpoint of uh, Chiefs and Bengals, both really good teams. Joe Burrow against Jonathan Gannon kind of scared me a lot from the sense of I just feel like he could be very methodical and kind of pick apart that defense if they're going to sit back and play off him and, and kind of just dare them to beat him by going on these long drives. But, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's Mahomes. And he's going to make some crazy plays. I feel like maybe – like in the Eagles best case scenario, maybe because he does that sometimes there's a level of volatility there, but I mean, I'm not banking on that as something where like, Oh, the Eagles can, you know, pick him off multiple times. Um, you know, the injury is something to watch. I know Pete, you had coverage of that on Arrowhead pride about how Mahomes was saying, you know, he's not hundred percent by any means. He'll have the extra time to rest up. So we'll see how that does for yeah. him. Um, but maybe that kind of limits what he can do a little bit in terms of creating mobility, or at least in certain spots, or maybe it allows the Eagles pass rush to get to him a little bit more than they otherwise would have. Um, but, you know, it's also, to your point, RJ, about the master of the bye. I mean, Andy Reid is <laughs> not even not just one of the best coaches in the NFL, like if we're talking about all time, you know, NFL head coach. Um, and I think what he gives you as an advantage leading up to this matchup is, you know, the preparation that he puts in now, the game management, at least from our time in Philly together is something that is, can be a little bit more questionable at times. Um, And that's something that Nick Sirianni was really good at this year. And especially in the championship game, as opposed to Kyle Shanahan, who did not really maximize in that regard. So um, it's a really tough opponent. I want to, I want to jump into the Eagles roster a little bit because 
they look like one of the most complete teams on paper. Um, you, you mentioned the defensive front. You got a, a defensive backfield that includes Darius Slade and, and Bradbury. And then offensively speaking, they can beat you both ways. So is this the most complete Eagles team you have witnessed? And um, what what is maybe the one thing that you're concerned about the team going into the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, if let's just say in like a, some kind of weird hypothetical world, or I guess like Madden, let's for example, if you had to put the 2022 20, Eagles up against the 2017 Eagles who won the Super Bowl, I think you're taking the 2022 Eagles when you look at the talent on this team. I mean, I mean, look, I mean, I, and I want to get into this with you, Pete, as we preview the Super Bowl, but just yeah. looking ahead to it, like how many chief starters are starting on the Eagles roster right now? I mean, you can pick some for sure, but I, and I don't know the answer off the top of my head, but I think that's a fair question to raise. And I wonder what the answer to that question would be. And that's really a, a testament to what Howie Roseman has done. Um, I famously never doubted him at all, not even one time. Um, but I mean, he he's built a, an incredible roster. And again, I just read that stat about how dominant these wins have been. I think it's in large part because of that, because you know Jalen Hurts hasn't even played his A game in these playoffs, and yet they're still able to win anyway because there's just so many star-studded talents on this team. I guess as you look at at this game and, and moving forward, and and I, I guess as you look back, just how important has the run game been for Philadelphia, and and is that type of, of game from you know the Sanders and the Gainwells of the world sustainable as you go into the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, part of the reason why I felt like the Eagles shouldn't just admit defeat on the run game going into the 49ers game, even though the 49ers were the best team in the league at stopping the run, at least in terms of opponent yards per rush attempt was that I had seen the Eagles go up against the Saints' number one run defense in 2020 and 2021, and they just had their way with those those run defenses. It was like it didn't matter how good they were. They just did their thing, and they out-executed them. Their offensive line is so good. Jeff Stoutland, Eagles' uh, offensive line coach slash run game coordinator, comes up with a lot of different types of runs. It's not like the Eagles have this one bread and butter that they do. They do so many different things in the run game. And sure enough, they went up against a really tough 49ers defense, and ran all over them essentially. I mean, four touchdowns. That's yeah. the first time the 49ers allowed that all year. Like they had unprecedented success against this San Francisco defense on the ground this season. So, you know, I definitely think that's real. Um, it, it all starts with the offensive line. And I don't know about Kenny Gainwell. Like, I don't know how sustainable that was because he's kind of just become a whole new player somehow in the playoffs. This is almost like a Corey Clement playoff uh, Kenny. Ducks. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I do believe in the run game as a whole as a legitimate weapon. Uh, Brandon, the Eagles are the home team in Super Bowl 57. If you were in charge, what uniform would they wear? By the way, thankfully, as the home team, their graphic will face into the matchup. That's always a, a good thing that didn't work out, uh, you know, six years ago, five years ago, whatever it was. Wait, what do you mean? When they played the Patriots, the Eagles were technically the visiting team. So, like, their logo mm. was facing left and the Patriot was facing right. So, you had them, like, facing away from one another. It works out here that the Chiefs logo is facing inward and the Eagles logo is facing inward. This is good analysis. Um, yeah, <laughs> you may recall that the Eagles actually got to wear their home jerseys in that Super Bowl because the right. Patriots went with the white because at the time they were like, they'd really, they were undefeated or there's a lot of good records with the teams, the white jersey. Uh, I think they're they're going to go with the green because they're the home team and they won a Super Bowl in it before and they, they really should consider going with the black because I think Sirianni only has lost one game with black pants, but I mean, that's not going to happen. Against the Cowboys. Yeah, but none with Hurts. Mm. Well, still, Sirianni, that was your point. So you lose. Anyway, um, all right, Brandon Gotten, uh, everybody check out Bleeding Green Nation for the next two weeks as he and his team cover the Philadelphia Eagles heading to the Super Bowl. Brandon, you picking the Chiefs to win? 
It's not going to uh, dignify that, the response. Looking forward to the next two weeks. BLG, uh, be well. Enjoy your hummus. Thanks, guys. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Uh, Pete Tweeney, Kansas yeah. City Chiefs are heading to the Super Bowl as well. Third time in four years. So before the floor is yours, I want to turn to Jeremy. How annoying is this, Jeremy? The Chiefs are back. <laughs> it, it did kind of feel like America and the world was rooting against the Chiefs a little bit on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm almost a little bit with Pete that like the Bengals got annoying by the end of the week. Like they mm-hmm. they were they were talking their mouth a little too much. And as much as I, I like Joe Burrow as a, as a player, and and you know he can be fun as a person too. I, I thought they came in a little a little cocky for a team that you know hasn't even won a championship um, ever. Um, which I mean, same boat. I, I'm not, I'm not trying to throw stones here, uh, but it, it it was just to me and and it's. It's hard to hate Patrick Mahomes, I think, in my opinion. Like, he's a super likable guy and also an amazing person to watch. So, and and maybe this just comes from my NFC background. I don't have a ton of animosity towards the Chiefs. But I, I reserve the right to change my mind once once Pete starts talking. Very, very, <laughs> very well said, Jeremy. All right, yeah. Pete, the floor is yours. The Kansas City Chiefs are heading to the Super Bowl once again. It is their third Super Bowl appearance in the last four years. Obviously, all in the Patrick Mahomes era. Um, I mean, they are rewriting. This is a, a cornerstone franchise of the NFL, and they are kind of rewriting their history. We talked about this when they won the AFC West, um, that they've won mm-hmm. it seven times with Andy Reid as their head coach, and they had won it seven times total prior to that, obviously, uh, era beginning in 2013. Your thoughts on the Chiefs, as you put it on Twitter, taking the AFC back on Sunday night? Yeah, I, I just think, this was impressive to me because it was a, a complete team game. And I, I think, and now to be fair to, to Bengals fans who are pretty upset today about how the game was officiated. Oh, we'll get there. I'm talking, we'll get there. I'm talking about more about the lead up into the game more than the in game. Cause I'm, I'm about to say something that Bengals fans would roll their eyes about, about the in game, but I, the odds were really stacked up against the chiefs heading into the game. I mean, you had Patrick Mahomes with a high ankle sprain. Suddenly Travis Kelsey pops up. Uh, with with a, a back injury there if there's any two players on the chief not that you're rooting for injuries but if there's any two players on the chiefs that okay they're going to play but they can be injured you would pick those two players uh, chris jones had not been a guy that was finishing in the playoffs great regular season player but had not been able to get home this bengals offensive line to me 
was beaten up, but they had a, largely had a good plan in games previous and were able to protect Joe Burrow. And, you know, you, you get into the game, and again, with the injuries, you lose Legereus Sneed, your best cornerback. You lose Willie Gay, one of your better linebackers. You all of a sudden have three rookie cornerbacks playing. Justin Watson, reserve receiver, was six, so he doesn't play. And then in the game, Kadarius Toney, Juju Smith-Schuster, and McCole Hardman all go down due to injury. So who has to step up? Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And he does. And the punt returner, the rookie punt returner, Sky Moore, the second rounder, who had fumbled the ball in, in previous games at the beginning of the year when he was a punt returner and had to be replaced, became the punt returner because Kadarius got injured and had one of the bigger plays of the game. The kicker who has struggled uh, had a huge kick at the end of this game was able to come through. I think in, in the years previous where Patrick Mahomes advanced to the Super Bowl and the, the two times before it was a Mahomes offense dominant type thing where couldn't be that guy on Sunday and they really needed a complete team effort. Chris Jones stepped up. Those guys I talked about had the redemption. They were able to take advantage of a beat up Bengals offensive line. So I, this one feels a little bit differently because I, I think before, again, it just was Mahomes dominated and this felt like they needed every player to step up in a big way. And they played what had to be a perfect game because it was only by the, the three point margin. So we didn't really talk to Brandon about the NFC championship game specifically, because I think we would all agree it was kind of boring, right? Like the Brock Purdy injury, it was such a like, you know, an air out of the balloon sort of situation. This was a riveting game, Jeremy, and, and it had some back and forth moments, but he mentioned it, it was kind of clouded um by officiating right like and i don't i don't know anybody that feels like the intentional grounding call wasn't fair um that that i have no gripes with personally the third down i mean is the the thing that everyone's going to talk about it really worked out jeremy for the nfl that the kansas city wound up punting on that particular right. possession um but it's just a shame like wh whether or not you believe like that this worked for the chiefs or whatever it's a shame that in you know one of the biggest moments of the season we have this particular thing as a factor yeah it's it's annoying, and I, I don't, I'm I'm one of those people that doesn't really, really like talking about officials. Or I like talking about officials. I don't like blaming officials for for performances. And it's interesting because I've heard you blame that, Anthony Hitchens on officiating before in the past, but yeah, whatever. Eh, I mean, <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> only when I'm right is when I like uh, blaming officials. Uh, but I, I think it really comes down to the fact that you have that third down redo, and then immediately after that, you get a defensive holding penalty that gives them an automatic first down, which, by the way, was the right call. But right. then, like, after that happens, eyes are all on officiating the rest of the way. And and anything that happens from is, is suddenly a controversy, right? That, like you mentioned, the intentional grounding happens shortly thereafter. That one ends up not mattering either because they convert on a third and 16. And, and then they have an opportunity to, to score on that drive, and they don't because their offensive line was really bad in this game. Um, and then and then you, you have the game literally end on another call. But anyone who's been watching football for the past five years, in which a league has been extremely careful in protecting their quarterbacks is not going to argue with that call. Like that was, it, it was an unfortunate situation. No one wants to see the game end that way, but I think that was maybe the least controversial call we've seen all weekend. Um, so I know Bengals fans are, are, are going to be frustrated. I've, I've, I've been in the same seat. And, and in fact, the lions had a very similar thing where the third down redo thing happened. Like lions got a third down stop. Apparently the play was stopped by, by an official that no one saw. They had to redo it. And the, and the Seahawks scored on the very next play. This happens. Pete, it, it, you never want it to happen. You never want it to take the front seat, but it it happens. Pete, we it is kind of strange. Um, and this this happens when you're really successful for a really long time, the way the Chiefs have been, where you kind of like become like I don't want to say the villain, but like people 
there's there's attrition, right? Like people kind of get tired of the same old story. We've seen it with like the Warriors in the NBA. Like nobody wants them. Like uh, my cousin is rooting for the Eagles because he hates Patrick Mahomes because of how successful Mahomes is. I think that's really stupid, <laughs> but whatever. Um, yeah. So to that point, there was the obviously after um, the the Bills Bengals Monday night game, there was the coin toss and all that stuff, and everybody felt like the Chiefs kind of being all given all these benefits of the doubt. So this happens, and it's just like another another thing. Do you feel like the Chiefs are sort of internalizing that? And so it's kind of like, hey, fine. Like, every, we'll be the bad guys. We'll be the villains. We're just going to keep winning. I mean, they're, they're going to their third Super Bowl in four years. Like, we, we do lose sight of know. the fact that they are elite. I find the phenomenon interesting. Um, this is going to annoy you, but, like, this is the best quarterback ever through five years. There's no de- denying that anymore. Wow. And, as soon as and they I start think... making Hall of Fame levels for five, the first five years, then – And I think if Patrick Mahomes decided to retire today, he would be in the Hall of Fame. Anyway, I think we were dealing with the Michael Michael Jordan of the NFL. And (laughs) I think back in the day, people got behind a guy like that. People got behind a Michael Jordan. You had Bulls fans all over the country, whereas I I think today it's more of a fatigue thing. And look, you know, everyone is always like, well, Joe Burrow, we finally got that Brady Manning thing. You know how many times I've heard? The Brady to Mahomes' is Manning already? Three. Lamar Jackson was that guy. Nope. Kind of fell off. Well, Bur- was Burrow Josh beat Allen. him in a title game. Like, we can't, like, yeah. pretend that didn't happen. Like, if there is an adversary, it is Burrow. Like, that. yesterday's win doesn't undo that. I, bel- I would tell you that I, I feel like one of these AFC contenders needs to win a ring first before we consider them. Josh Allen was the next guy. Now people have extreme doubts about Josh Allen. That was supposed to be the new Brady Manning. Joe Burrow. He won one game last year and then lost in the Super Bowl. And now Patrick Mahomes was able to, to get that. And he was the only quarterback. And this was the only team out there that had the Chiefs number. And now that has been eradicated. And now, again, this is going to be the most annoying line that you're going to hear all day. Chiefs are one win away from a dynasty. They've been to five straight AFC title games, hosted five in a row. They got the one title. This is their third Super Bowl. If they win this title and have two after going to five ABC title games in a row, this is a dynasty. And yes, I think it is going to be this thing where they are looked at as the villains next year. I think they have one more game where they're not looked at like that. And I think it's just a change of how we deal with what has been, again, the best player through five years ever. This is the Michael Jordan through five years. We'll see how the rest of the 15 after that go. But this is the reality. And I think that's where you see a lot of that fatigue of the Kansas City Chiefs. Jeremy, do you agree? Like, I mean, this is the third Super Bowl appearance in four years for the Chiefs, but if if they I mean, a win is a win, and that would be two yeah. Super Bowls in, what, four years at the, at that point? Um, is that a dynasty? Like, are we talking, I mean, like, you know, if you if you host five straight AFC title games and you only have two rings to show for it, like, that's less than half. I mean, like, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. It's tough because we're talking single elimination playoffs, right? A dynasty in the NFL looks different than a dynasty in the NBA. It looks different than a dynasty in, in, in every other sport. And the NFL prides itself on being about parity, right? You, you got 22 guys starting on your team versus five in the NBA, five five in the NHL, um, you know, whatever, in, in nine in, in the MLB. So um, in order to have a dynasty I, I, in the NFL, I, I don't think it necessarily requires, you know, back to back to back to back. I, I think if you're just getting to the game three out of four years, like that's at least the very startings of, of what I would consider a dynasty. And and I think that's probably why it's maybe viewed as more like villainous in the NFL is because we were promised parity in the NFL, because it's not supposed to be 
easy to get there, especially not on a, you know, a rookie quarterback contract anymore. That's, that's the ultimate cheat code. And now the chiefs don't have that anymore. Um, and so to be able to do that and, and also have, you know, just coming out of the shadow of the Patriots, the ultimate NFL villain um, coming out of their kind of um, hierarchy over, over the NFL for so long, I think having another team slip right in and, and kind of be that new team. Um, yeah. It makes them kind of the villain. And, and yeah, I think, I think you, I mean, I don't know if it's this year or if it's next year, but I, I think you're definitely, I think we're definitely in the midst of, of what I would consider a, a dynasty for the chiefs. Pete, to be I very clear, it, I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Okay, so I, think I, it, I just want that it, on the on the record. But I, I want to ask you a question, Pete. If, yeah. if the Chiefs lose this Super Bowl, what like who, who is it on? Like, because because it has to happen. There, there has to be somebody. Yeah. If, if you ho- if you host five straight AFC title games and you have and and you go to three Super Bowls and you have one banner to show for it, there's some somebody that has to be held responsible for that. I think the biggest person who's going to be looked at before and after the game, no matter how it goes, is Andy Reid. This is, uh, I, I, I don't know how, the, I, I'm going to enjoy it, but I think maybe to an extent the rest of the football-watching country may be annoyed with how often Andy Reid is mentioned and celebrated these next two weeks because of the fact that he's the only guy to ever really do something like this. Bill Belichick's the greatest coach of all time. I mean, you, you can't deny the success, but he hasn't done what Andy Reid has done, which is go to a team for 14 years, make them a contender, go to the four straight NFC title games, get to a Super Bowl, really turn that, franchise around then go to another one and do it again and even better than that first time around and have the 10 playoff wins for for both both teams and just a success and then you get to a Super Bowl again another one yeah you only have the one Super Bowl but it's against the old team I mean it's it's going to be so Andy Reid focused uh, I you know again I think to the rest of the teams to the point of annoyance and I think if he's able to get it he'll be the number one reason they win and I think if they lose the game, and I think Brandon had a very intriguing point where he, he mentioned that thing about the starters. I think on paper, the, the Eagles are probably more talented, but I think Andy Reid will be looked at, well, this is the guy that was supposed to be really good after the bye. This is the guy now who has been in all of these Super Bowls and he only has one to show for it. While he has the guy I just talked about, who I consider still the, the best player in the game and is going to be a, a two-time MVP in a couple of weeks here. So yeah, I, I think it. I think it's very Andy Reid focused, and I think he knows that and and is going to welcome it. Uh, well, I don't think that's true because I read an article for SBNation.com all about the Kelsey brothers. Um, so they're kind of the stars <laughs> of uh, of this Super Bowl, not Andy Reid. Um, yeah, sure. Pete, I don't know off the top of my head. Maybe you have forgotten, but the Eagles are currently two point favorites in the Super Bowl, according to our friends at DraftKings. Have the Chiefs mm-hmm. been underdogs in either of their previous Super Bowl appearances? I believe they were favored to win. Um, that's a good, that's a good question. I can't really even remember. I, I don't, I don't I believe, I think an article for you. Arrowheadpride.com. Thank you. Yeah. We, we, we got to give you a, a byline on that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got to go back and look, but I'm pretty sure that they were favored, um, the, the previous two times. I, I, although I imagine the bucks probably were favored at home, right? I, with Tom Brady. I got to think that they were favorite. So I, I don't well, know. They, they won. I, so they should have been. Um, I have to I have to get back to you on that one. Okay. <laughs> I should stop talking. Jeremy, what are you looking forward to the most? Now that we know the Super Bowl, Matt, it's been so much like we've examined all the possible permutations, whatever. It's Eagles. It's Chiefs. Rihanna is going to be there. I mean, like, what is the thing that you are most excited about over the course of the next two weeks? It sounds kind of corny, but I feel like we 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 got the the best two teams here. Uh, we got a, a one seed versus a one seed, and so um, you know this is this is what the entire season was was really built around. And 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 it's nice to have that. It doesn't always work out that way. You don't get one versus one seeds all the time, um, but 
when you do, you, you got to cherish it. And honestly, I, I feel like the, the playoffs have been a little bit of a disappointment so far. Um, certainly the, the, the NFC championship game was, and, and some of those divisional games were not very good. So I, I think these are two of the best coaches that, that are in this league. Nick Sigurani is, is entertaining and, and he yeah. kind of, ha- he plays a little bit of that villain role, but he's also exciting. He's a good time manager. He's a good game manager. He's a, he goes for it on fourth down a bunch. And, and you have Andy Reid who creates an amazing offensive scheme. So I think, you know, obviously it's the players that play the game, but to me, having like two of the brightest offensive minded um, coaches in the league go, go toe to toe to me is, is something that should really be maybe one of the bigger storylines heading into the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's the best passing offense versus the best passing defense. Like that is what you want. I mean, when in a championship game, I mean, even the taking the team names out of it, I, I think that, you know, Jalen Hurts is, is, really the class of the NFC right now. It seems like he's the consensus best quarterback in the N- NFC and you're, you're getting the best quarterback in, in the AFC. I mean, the, that's what the game is about, right? Quarterback play. And I think Jeremy's right. Like bias aside that Brandon and I might have just because we cover these teams, like it'd be really cool to get a competitive Super Bowl. more, much more like what was the AFC title game where at least it was interesting compared to whatever that was in the NFC where, you know, it just was no question. So, I think that's what we're all hoping for and it, i think it it should be a really fun two-week lead-up because there's just so many storylines like again that connect these teams and backing up jeremy's point these are the two best teams i think mm, okay it's um it's monday it's not even 11 a.m central time um so you reserve the right to change pete we don't even need to waste your time with picking because you know we know uh jeremy and i'm i'm rooting for the chiefs like it's very obvious i'm incredibly biased against the eagles so jeremy you are like our true um like switzerland here like our true like impartial (laughs) you know body that we we can trust who is going to win and again you reserve the right to adjust your opinion obviously there are some injury situations we're going to be monitoring with regards to mahomes and kelsey and hurts and et cetera et cetera et cetera but how do you see this shaking out predict the future First of all, I'm not sure I'm entirely impartial here. I, you know, me and Brandon also have a, a friendly slash frenemy relationship. So mm. there is part of me that that doesn't want to see Brandon happy. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest here. Wow. Um, but if, if, if I'm just picking with my head and not my heart here, I, I do think the Eagles have the better roster. I, I, I think toe to toe and, you know, Brandon has escaped the question where I asked, you know, where, what's the weakness on the Eagles roster? And and I, I literally don't know the answer to that either. I don't know. I don't know if he just didn't hear me ask the question or, or, or purposely didn't answer it, but I, I just don't see the weakness here. And so the, the only, the only way I think the chiefs win this game, and it's a very possible thing is just if Patrick Mahomes supermans it out there and, and he's obviously very capable of doing something like that in this game. And I think the two weeks, honestly, I thought he looked pretty healthy in the first half. Like he didn't seem like he was that effective in the first half of the EFC championship game. And then as the game wore on, like you were like, oh, okay, this guy's not, not there. He, he had one play where he I believe it was a third down and roll out to the left in the sideline where he was a little skippy after it. Yeah. But you know, I know this is always the case. I would be, I'll be, I'll, I'll tell you RJ, if this game was next week, without a bye week be hard not to pick the Eagles the Chiefs badly need this 14 day break because of all the injuries that piled up in the one you've got the Andy Reid by you know stuff too I mean that's a factor besides like the the natural like health that comes with the rest Mahomes and and Kelsey you know they they need another week off off their injuries and then all the ones I, I just mentioned you know you hope to get those players back to 100% just because there were so many re-aggravations and new injuries. So um, 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm picking the Chiefs, but I, I think Chiefs fans, if anything, right now, should be grateful for the, the fact that this game is not being played next Sunday because they would be in a lot of trouble, similar to the the idea of when they entered the Bucks game with a, a, a hobbled offensive line and backups of backups. I, I think it would be much more similar to that. So uh, two weeks from now, maybe they'll, they'll be much healthier. Mm. Um, I know I've looked uh, a little bit busy um, for the two of you, I'm sure. Uh, there's some things happening with the Dallas Cowboys. Like, I wear a lot of hats around here, so I'm taking care of it. Pete, um, I know you should enjoy this uh, the Super Bowl trip for the Chiefs because Kellen Moore is apparently the new offensive coordinator for the Chargers. So um, I believe know, next I'm, year I'm... is the year that the Chargers are taking down the Chiefs very clearly. <laughs> yeah, no, I can't wait for those Chargers AFC West predictions that happen every year, no matter what. I, uh, I And uh, as you mentioned, I... I am gearing up for this uh, this 19 hour drive from from Missouri to Arizona. So if you have any any snack recommendations, I'll, I'm happy to take them. Uh, Jeremy, you and I have never spoken about Kellen Moore, um, despite the fact that he began his NFL career with the Detroit Lions. Are you happy right. for him? Do you want him to take down the Chiefs? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think maybe I, I'm not I'm not a big Chargers fan, and I don't know if there are any big Chargers fans truly out there. Um, but I, I I am happy for them to be rid of their their other their former offensive coordinator who also has lines ties in, in Joe Lombardi. Um, because I think, I think, I think we'd like to have Justin Herbert enter the conversation of maybe that elite group of, of AFC quarterbacks because we, we've seen the talent there. So I don't, I don't know if Colin Moore is going to be the key to, to unlock that. You probably have much more of an opinion on that than me. Um, but, but I mean, his stock was so high entering this season and the offense was starting to look good in Dallas for a while there until I don't, I don't know. I, it, is it fair that everyone just seems to have trashed Kellen Moore's name just because of that that lateral play or whatever that last play in, in the divisional round was? Um, I like I like more going to LA. I mean, I, I know that they're in the division, but Justin Herbert has not been um, unlocked yet, in my opinion. Right. I mean, his ceiling is so high, so yeah. just getting someone else in there is exciting to me. Um, I will say, it's not the easiest thing in the world to write an article while doing a podcast, so... <laughs> Um, but I did it. So congratulations to me. You got a great um, shirt on today, by the way. Yeah, it's our, from our friends at Homage. Um, so um, Donatello is my favorite Ninja Turtle. Is he yours? I imagine, Pete. Michelangelo. Mm. Jeremy? I, I'm a party dude, too. Can't, mm. can't go wrong. That's stupid. Um, so um, <laughs> Me and wow. the Turtles have a, a deep love for pizza in common as well, which I, you know, I relate to all the Turtles in that. All right. Super Bowl 50. Seven. By the way, Pete, uh, last question for me, and then I don't know if Jeremy has anything for you. Um, I believe I was talking to, to I think Stephen about this. Have the Chiefs ever played a playoff game in the Mahomes era wearing their white jerseys? Because obviously they've all been at home, and the two Super Bowls, um, you know, they wore red against the Niners wearing white, and then the Bucks chose to wear white, and so they obviously wore their red. I don't think they've ever played a playoff game in their white jerseys. Am I wrong? It's been a long time since they they have I this, but. I, I it would be never if if I'm correct. Not a lot. I tend time. to I tend to think that right. I think Brandon's right. I think the Eagles will choose to wear green. So this will be a a white jersey Super Bowl for, for the Chiefs. It, I it, literally their first time ever wearing that jersey in the playoffs with Patrick Mahomes. His first he's gonna oh, put it on and be like, what the hell's going on? I'm not used to with this. with Mahomes. Definitely yes. Um, that was the question. Thank you for listening. Oh, Maybe you're oh, the one oh. writing an article. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm just wasn't paying attention to you. I I think that they should also wear white on white. I think it's their best look. Now, this is a very tradition-friendly organization with the Hunt family. They, you know, Lamar Hunt was never a big alternate jersey guy. That's part of the reason why you don't see any kind of alternate jersey for the Chiefs. They only just change their pants and stuff of what they have. But the white-on-white look with red socks 
is a great, great look. I would love them to wear that. And Jamie, what do you want to see? What what uniforms for each team? I saw um, Jamie and I are going to talk later about Twitch, so I'm very excited about this. But I saw you ran a Lions Eagles man simulation where you put on the ugliest possible uniforms for both teams. Yes, Ooh, I like um, yeah. <laughs> So um, opposite end of the spectrum here. What is the prettiest match? It's a very like Christmassy bowl here, um, Eagles and Chiefs. Yeah. But what, what do you want to see? If you could dress either one up, uh, Jamie, what do you want? I kind I kind of like the yellow trim on those Chiefs jerseys from back in the day. But like, I, I feel like they don't have that. that. Is that part of their their uniform at all anymore? They have a like yellow stripes. Yeah, they got like a ye- yellow trim. You know, they're, that, that's what the outline is, but. Yeah, yeah. not not as much gold. I want Eagles um, green tops, um, white pants against yeah. Pete. I I disagree with you. I don't want the all whites. I want the red pants on, on the Chiefs. Like I want you know because that's a good contrast. You got like green tops against white tops, red pants against white pants. Like I need that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I just tend to think it'll be the classic white white. white that would be stupid. Red, that's my point. Like that. Don't don't do that. Um, again, Jeremy, may, we, maybe we... get an article up on that, Pete. This is the first time they're ever going to wear the white jerseys in a playoff game in the Patrick Mahomes era. I, I was thinking about this. Um, you know, I, I know that you guys uh, over with the Detroit, you guys like to do the mustache for charity. I'm thinking that if the Lions make the playoffs next year, you go 365 mustache, a full calendar year of, of the mustache. <laughs> uh, you know, if, if we hit a certain goal, sure. And maybe I'll just throw it out. <laughs> Who's the, is it a baseball owner who has like the mustache that goes like over the lips? Yeah. Like, I won't even trim it. No, just no, like let that, let that thing purr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we need. If the Lions look like a Lorax. That's yes. that's my goal here. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Um. So, Jeremy, you're, you're RJ, I just sent. I sent you've had enough. Is that you? You just had enough. <laughs> well, I I I wrote my article. I have a lot of things to do. I'm a very busy person. I mean, you know, I'm meeting with Jeremy later. You know what I mean? Like, I got a lot. At some point, I'm gonna have to eat. Um. So, yeah. What are you having for lunch today? You know? I think I'm gonna make an egg sandwich. Um. Really looking forward to it. So. Um, I know Rachel isn't here today, so I'm just gonna give myself the third straight MF double MVP. <laughs> Hmm. I'm gonna give it to Jeremy. Yep. Oh. Jeremy, you uh, by the way, uh, my the you last vote for yourself, Jeremy, or me? What's the title? Oh, I vote for myself. And plus, RJ is uh, like the producer today, so you know, I think he gets. I think he gets the extra right. I agree with well, that. You want you won the vote two to one. I voted for myself. You voted for yourself, and RJ voted for you. So you you, I guess, technically speaking, are the. This is the actual last thing I'm gonna say, and then we're gonna leave. Um, Jeremy, I want to congratulate you beyond winning MF Double MVP. Um, my cousin and I, uh, not the one who's rooting for the Eagles, but uh, his brother, uh, he and I have a, a Madden Connected franchise that we share every year. And so it's always fun. You know, we have certain rules. Nobody can be the Cowboys, whatever. Uh, so we always like, you know, have fun kind of picking teams. I decided last night the Lions are my team in 2020. Oh, wow. Next next year's Madden, I'm going to be the Lions. So I'm going to get rid of Jared. Um, you know, I mean, no offense, but uh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's just kind of where we're at. But uh, Kellen Moore, you're going to have to be the Chargers. <laughs> Okay. I, I, plus, I understand like being sick of mid-tier quarterbacks as a Cowboys fan. Yeah. So. yeah. So, like again, I was super complimentary and self-deprecating this whole episode, <laughs> and everybody was mean to me. Just to be very clear, um, what's happening around here? And you guys are wondering, like, why do you want to leave, RJ? So, um, okay, uh, let's get out of here. Pete, the final word belongs to you. Make a noise, say, sing a song, whatever you want. Make it great. No, I just want to say happy, happy Monday to all, all the NFL fans out there, right? Two teams left. Let's party.